Hello, fellow law nerds. Welcome to a special episode of Boom Lawyered, a Rewire News Group podcast hosted by the legal journalism team that is super jazzed that right-wing Pam Beasley is on the Supreme Court. Hey, Jess, you know who right-wing Pam Beasley is? I mean, I'm going to guess that might be Justice Kingdom of God. It is Justice Kingdom of God, and I have to credit the term right-wing Pam Beasley to Desi Lydic of The Daily Show, who interviewed me for the RBG special. Thank you very much, because I'm mm-hmm. a very important person, and also I'm Imani Gandhi. And I'm Jess Beeklow. <laughs> Rewire News Group is dedicated to empowering you to own your relationship to sex, abortion, parenthood, and power. And the Team Legal Podcast is part of that mission. So a big thanks to our subscribers and a welcome to our new listeners. So, Amani, today <sighs> the Supreme Court with... Amy Coney Barrett on the bench, right? Heard arguments in Fulton versus City of Philadelphia. Now, this is a sleeper of a case that could have huge implications for anti-discrimination laws. Amani, you live tweeted the case, which was uh, amazing, did. especially the morning after election I'm night. So, so first of all, <laughs> big applause to you there. Like. Lots going on while democracy is holding on by a thread right now. Yes, there is a lot going on, uh, including this case, which involves the city of Philadelphia and a Catholic social services agency that places kids and families for adoption and foster care. Now, the city of Philadelphia has a non-discrimination provision that says any group that does business with the city of Philadelphia, like serving as a foster care placement agency, perhaps, cannot discriminate against certain groups when it does its business with the city of Philadelphia. Which is my hometown, by the way. Woot, woot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Catholic Social Services discriminates against LGBTQ families in foster and adoption services. The mm-hmm. city of Philadelphia said, you know, that's not really going to work for us, so you can't do business with us. And Catholic Social Services was all like, nuh-uh, that's religious discrimination. You can't be mean to us while we're being mean to gay people. No, Amani, I don't know. No, that doesn't sound right to me. No, that's what the case is about. That's actually what the case is about. At the core. No, really, like like dial it down to its most fundamental essence. At the core, what's this case about? Jess, I'm going to dial it so far down that one might think that we were (laughs) perilously close to burying to the center of the earth. Okay. (laughs) At the core of this case is a question which sounds absolutely preposterous. But it's really true. Does the Constitution mandate governmental discrimination? If the Supreme Court sides with Catholic Social Services, the results could be really, really far reaching and would impact medical services, shelter services, substance use services, basically all of the social services. How is this case such a big deal and like nobody's talking about it? Like this is... I'm losing my mind here. Okay, so, I mean, I know the election's going on and, like, we still don't know who's the president and and it's very stressful right now. But, like, I don't know, though. I mean, like, Amani, what was the best, what was the most compelling argument made today against this kind of legalizing discrimination? Because we've talked about how there's a conservative supermajority on the court right now, and this is the kind of case that makes me sweaty. So I want to hear about how advocates pushed back. 
I mean, honestly, the best argument came from Sonia Sotomayor, right? Who talked oh, about shocking. Ta- I mean, shocking. <laughs> who talked about the stigmatic harm that burdens LGBTQ people when they are rejected by foster care agencies based not on their parenting skills, mm-hmm. but based on who they're married to. And that's mm. like that's a real thing. I mean, I talked to a couple of these plaintiffs. I talked to Amy Madonna, who is a woman in South Carolina, who she's married to a man. She's Catholic. Uh-huh. And Miracle Hill said, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. We don't, you're not the right kind of Christian. We don't allow Catholics to foster children. So this is a real thing. It's not even just LGBTQ people. It's anyone who doesn't fit whatever Christian evangelical sort of zeitgeist that these agencies want you to fit. They will tell you to your face that we think that if we place these kids in your home, these kids' souls are in danger. Can you imagine having someone say that to you? Like how hurtful that must be? And Sonia Sotomayor honed in on that. And, And you know, you know... Justice Kegstan was really cute when he said, I really appreciate the stigmatic harm and then went on to babble and prove he really doesn't give a fuck about the stigmatic harm. So did it move the needle? Not really. Should it? That should be the beginning and the end of the discussion. Yeah. But we're living in Amy Coney Barrett's America now, so... And and just to build off of that, really the impact of Justice Kennedy's retirement, right? Mm-hmm. Because all of Obergefell, all of the expansion of LGBT, LGBTQ rights in this country under the Constitution started from a pre- from the premise of dignitary harms, right? Yeah. Dignitary harms to uh, same sex couples that were denied benefits, and the harms to those children by suggesting that their families were lesser than by not allowing same-sex couples to marry. This was a huge thing for Kennedy. So, you know, for Justice Kavanaugh to be like, oh, but we really care and then move on shows just how far the court has moved since Kennedy's retirement on this one issue alone. And wow, that's terrifying. Okay. So so you mentioned Justice uh, Kegstand. Did the other conservative justices tip their hands at all in terms of which arguments were support they were in favor of supporting discrimination? Or, you know, did they suggest maybe what kind of opinion they would write to like cover their asses to support this position? Like any tea leave reading there? I mean, I don't think Sam Alito is particularly worried about covering his ass. He was <laughs> awful. <laughs> like, he's just a very angry little man. And he not is an angry particularly man. principled in any way. Just he just judges from anger. And it's just ugh, it's really irritating. But, you know, whether or not he was angry, the other conservative justices picked up on these very same points. Because, as we've told you, listeners, they're all Federalist Society stooges. So they all think the same way. So basically, yeah. they're all basically fungible. But they focused on just how long Catholic Social Services has provided this service to the city of Philadelphia. Two centuries of CSS fostering out children, needy, vulnerable children. And then here comes the city of Philadelphia with its Fair Practices Ordinance trying to tell these 
very religious people who, did I mention, have been providing this service for such a long time. And they're telling these religious folks that they have to go against their faith, violate their religious faith, just because Philadelphia was spoiling for a fight. They didn't even really care about the issue. Philly Mm -hmm. just wants to go toe-to-toe in the ring with Christian evangelicals. I mean, honestly, that's what, that's, it's so frustrating to listen to these people. Well, and to, and, you know, to sort of carry on this imaginary persecution argument, which Uh is what really um, Justice Alito and then Kavanaugh picked up on this, too, it plays into what we've seen from these justices um, when they talked about the birth control benefit and the Little Sisters of the Poor, right? Mm -hmm. It was always about how the big bad government was coming in and forcing these Catholic folks to do something against their beliefs, when in reality, that's the exact opposite of what's going on. What is going on is saying, hey, look, you can continue to believe how you want to believe, but if you're going to participate in civil society, we all got to get along, so we all got to play by the same rules. And so, you know, it's really interesting to hear that line of, you know, sort of the persecution complex really get carried through. doesn't matter what the subject is, just right. so long as it involves the government going after Catholics, Sam Alito's really upset about it. And they're not even going after Catholics. I need to like re-say that whole thing. If the government is just saying, hey, Catholics, play by the same rules as everybody else, that gets Sam Alito all in a like all twisted. He's right. just so upset about that. And what's was was really interesting about their just their zeal to sort of dismiss the actual harm that would be perpetrated here is they kept saying there wasn't a single gay couple that was turned away. Can you point mm. to a single gay couple that Catholic Social Services turned away? And they couldn't. There was another agency, the Bethany Agency, that settled, so they're not in the lawsuit, mm-hmm. but there was a gay couple turned away from there, but that doesn't matter. This particular agency never turned away a gay couple. And in fact, they went so far in their kindness and their their benevolent nature to suggest other agencies that don't hate same-sex marriage and don't think gay people are going to hell. Go to those agencies with your sinful marriage. They might be able to help you out. So that's really... You know, this idea, and Alito specifically made this point. There wasn't a Mm -hmm. single gay couple that was turned away, so why should we be ruling in advance, right? There's nothing going on. Why should we be ruling in advance? And Neil Katyal, who was arguing on behalf of the city of Philadelphia, and who you pointed out, if Biden actually manages to pull this out, may end up being a solicitor general in the Biden administration, he seemed really irritated by that sort of framing. Like, Mm -hmm. really kind of like... I take I take umbrage. He didn't use the word umbrage, but he was very much like an I take umbrage at that good sir by asking whether or not Philadelphia was spoiling for a fight. Oh, right. Because no, Philadelphia is not spoiling for a fight. Philadelphia has a anti-discrimination policy that it has in place. And Catholic Social Services wants an exemption from that policy. And at the end of his arguments, he said that this was a difference between special privileges and equality. Mm -hmm. And what CSS wants is a special privilege to opt out of some a a regime that Philadelphia put in place to ensure equality in the foster care system when it comes to screening parents. Yeah. And another thing this is see, this is what black women do. You get us going. We're like, and another thing, (laughs) along with saying that there wasn't a single gay couple turned away. 
they seem to not even recognize the fact that if it's widely reported in a city that you live in that a particular foster care agency isn't adopting out kids to gay couples, maybe you're not going to go to that foster agency. And that's what happened. Philadelphia, there was widespread news reporting in the Inquirer and other papers in Philly Gay couples knew not to go to this agency to try to foster children. So this idea that they never turned a couple away, they turned every couple away simply by having this widespread known policy. And I mean, this is such an important point because it goes to the whole idea that um, Alito and others were arguing that the city of Philadelphia was somehow spoiling for a fight. The city of Philadelphia had no idea this was going on until there were reports. And then they were like, oh, wow, we should look into this. This seems bad. (laughs) Like, that's not spoiling for a fight. Like, that's the opposite of it. That's that's journalism doing its job and, like, you know, shining light in areas that that light needs shined on. So, you know, this is all just hogwash. All right. So I have another question for you. Hit me. Uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett has been on the bench, like, a whole hot two weeks. I think this was maybe her third oral argument that she participated in. How'd she do? Let's grade her. Well, I mean, if you're grading her from the point of view of the people that put her on the court, she did magnificently. Just Ah. well done, Amy. She had essentially two objectives. One, to reassure people that, you know what, we're not coming for interracial marriage, so why don't you just calm down? I mean, there was so much talk about how special and different racial discrimination is, and it's, it's almost like... It's almost like super discrimination. It's just this category that we're never going to touch. So anyone who's been drawing these comparisons between, you know, back in the day, which is really not that far back in the day, when (laughs) Christians literally used the Bible to advocate Mm -hmm. for further oppression of black people, to advocate for not white people not marrying black people, to advocate for any all kinds of racist Jim Crow policies. You can bet your sweet bottom cheeks that there was some Bible verse that someone somewhere was spewing to justify that policy. So Amy Coney Barrett was there saying, look, that's not us anymore. Mm-hmm. But we do really still have a problem with the gays. So if, if the black people, look, you can still swirl. It's fine. <laughs> black people, white people, just get your swirl on. It's okay. But if you're gay, we might need to have a chat. So that was her one objective. Her second uh-huh. objective was just to inject abortion into the proceedings where there was no abortion needed to be ejected into the proceedings, right? So she asked this question. So let's talk about exemptions and let's talk about government-run private agencies. Like the whole issue was whether or not CSS is a private agency that can discriminate or was it... Hold on. Yeah. Was this a hypothetical? Oh, God, it was. It was. I, I was under the, un- the impression that Amy Coney Barrett couldn't pose or answer hypothetical questions. She's the So did we get a hypothetical question? And also, are you to tell me it was a hypothetical question that involved abortion? Because I was also told that her views about abortion were a mystery. So <laughs> I need some answers, Imani. Well, the answer, Jess, is that she's now a Supreme Court justice. And so she doesn't have to bullshit anymore. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's really what the answer Damn is. It. So she asked this, you know, one of the issues in this case is whether or not CSS is like this private agency that contracted with the government or not, whether it licensed 
it, it has mm-hmm. some license from the government and therefore is subject to these regulatory rules, but not necessarily this anti-discrimination ordinance. So Amy Coney Barrett posed this question. What if there was a Catholic hospital that contracted with the government to provide medical care? And what if then that government mandated that the Catholic hospital provide abortions? What happens then? Sounds good to me. A, fine. <laughs> B, what the hell? hell? That doesn't have anything really to do with what's what, right. what we're talking about here. Like, stop trying to interject abortion where it doesn't need to be. There's no reason to be talking about ab- We're talking about foster kids, ma'am. <laughs> like, what is happening? Very, very frustrating. But it's clear that Amy Coney Barrett has an itch. And my God, she's going to scratch it. She's going to scratch it all over the court. And it's just, she's just going to be scratching so hard that she just bleeds abortion somehow. I don't know how, but that's oh a thing. God. Oh, God. I'm like, I'm so hungover and so not in the mood for any you. of Amy Coney Barrett's shit. Like, you cannot even understand. Oh. Asking these questions and just trying to reassure people that, look, I may not like gay people, but I'm not super racist. Hint, hint, my kids are black. Like, I'm just over this lady already. She's been on the bench for like a hot two weeks. Yeah, and you know, and, I, and I, this is a really important point. She, one of the very first cases she is going to hear or she heard is a case that could limit the rights of folks that she has very much enjoyed herself. So mm-hmm. she is an adoptive parent, and that is a wonderful part of her family. And she could be a vote to curtail those rights for a lot of other folks and a lot of other kids. Like kids have a right to be in fo- in homes, right? Like there's a flip to that too. That it's really just uh, distressing. And to hear Justices Alito and Barrett pretend to like be so overwrought about how the government is treating Catholics and literally no mention of kids who are in state custody at this point just looking to get into a home is... Well, but here's the I mean, thing. I mean, blades it- of they did actually mention it, but not in a compassionate, empathetic way that you would have mentioned it. They are talking about the fact that these kids need homes. And mm-hmm. by spoiling for a fight with this Catholic social services agency that has been engaged in this godlike work of placing foster kids with families for centuries since the dawn of time, CSS has been placing kids. And so by bringing this fight to CSS, it's actually Philadelphia that is harming children. Naturally. Not CSS, Philadelphia. And that's remarkable to me because when you think about how many LGBTQ kids are in the system... Yeah. And how many LGBTQ kids are being prevented from living with a family that can help them understand their identity or that can at least know where they're coming from and not shame them for being gay or shame them for being queer in some way as they are maybe going to get shamed if they're only able to be placed in a Christian evangelical home. So this their concern for kids was just wildly misplaced, just wildly misplaced. Yeah. And, you know, just one point and then I have one final question for you. You know, this whole idea of the city of Philadelphia spoiling for a fight, the more I think about that line of argument, the matter I get because the Trump administration butted itself into this case Mm -hmm. to ask for oral argument times. They're not a party in this case. The Trump administration has absolutely no dog in this fight. And yet the solicitor general was there saying, you know what, we should let agencies discriminate against LGBTQ families if they want to. Yeah. And and remember, we actually did a podcast about this when we were talking about Miracle Hills. 
um, Miracle Hills asked for and got a waiver from the Trump administration, which allowed them to discriminate against LGBTQ people. So this is not just this is a this is a policy that. Yeah, that conservatives want to spread throughout the country. In fact, one of the responses that um, the lawyer for CSS made was, well, you know, it's already LGBTQ people already can't foster kids in 11 states like that makes it better. I mean, that was shocking. Another shocking response. One of the justices was asking about the screening process versus the matching process. Right. Because one of the arguments the lawyer made was that the city of Philadelphia violates its own rules, its own anti-discrimination rules, because it will Mm -hmm. take into consideration certain things that they are telling CSS can't be considered. Right. So, for example, the city of Philadelphia has a kid who was raised by neo-Nazis. And that kid just throws the N-word around. So when they get to the parent, foster parent kid matching process, yes, the city of Philadelphia is not going to place this white kid who was raised by neo-Nazis with a black family. Sure. But that's not a screening process. They're not screening out the black people, right? The black family. They're just making sure that they find a match that's in the best interests of the child. And so there was a lot of confusion about the difference between making sure that you're doing something in the best interests of the child versus precluding people from even being involved or even having a chance of fostering a kid simply by the virtue of who they are unrelated to their parenting skills. Okay, so... It sounds like it was kind of a shit show at the court this morning. It was a shit show, Jess. And again, I must state, I am so hungover. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it was too much of a shit show for me this morning. <sighs> oh, man. And just to think it's, uh, it's just getting started. All right. So, I mean, I hate this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What do you think? is going to happen like can we can we figure out an outcome if we were to call it how how do you think you'd call it I mean honestly who the fuck knows <laughs> like yeah. if, if it were a normal court if it were the court from last term I would expect Philly to win I really would because I can't really? imagine really there there doesn't seem to be anything in the record about Philadelphia being mean about religion, right? Like they, Okay, so that's like important. The justices could try to masterpiece cake shop this case. And what I mean by that is take the case and say, you know what? Yeah, you probably shouldn't discriminate against gay people. But also, you know, there are people, good, conscience, well-conscienced people who just disagree, who just don't think same-sex marriage is the right thing. And you can't be mean to those people. You can't shun those people out of society I think you can I think that that's fine to do but the court seems to be really concerned about letting people who are bigots just sort of sit in their bigotry but there was Mm -hmm. none of that here so I don't know how the court would try to make some connect that's why they kept saying Philly spoiling for a fight Philly spoiling for a fight because they want it to seem like Philly is attacking these religious people when really they're not they're just saying to these religious people you can't get an exemption to 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 exclude gay people and you certainly can't get money from us to help you do it. But, you know, as I said, they were so concerned about, about racial discrimination. They made such a point of sort of carving that out. And so that says to me that they are willing to do this. They are willing to say to balance the rights of religion against the rights of gay people, which that's not what the balance is. Like that shouldn't, that should not enter the, into the equation, but that's where we are with this court. Um, And I just wanted to say, you know, (laughs) Breyer was so, he was just irritated 
And, you know, and I can imagine he's just he's just done. You know, he wants to freaking retire. And I'm mm-hmm. sure he's waiting on this. These election results more fervently, more fervently than a lot of us. But he pointed out that, you know, the Phil- the city of Philadelphia isn't telling these agencies that they have to endorse same sex marriage or even right. endorse LGBTQ people fostering kids. They are free to tell a gay couple we think you're you are going to hell. But what they are not free to do is to prevent gay people from getting their foot into the door and going through the regular process and having their candidacy looked at irrespective of their 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 sexual orientation. And so Breyer said, you know, the contract says that essentially you can talk about how you don't like gay marriage, but that you just can't evaluate people on their same sex status. And then he asked, mm-hmm. how is that a violation of your religious belief? And what was the answer? <laughs> I mean, essentially, well, you know, we have to do these home visits. And by going to these home visits and saying that it's an, an acceptable home, we're tacitly endorsing same sex marriage and blah, blah, blah. It's just they want to be bigots and they want to get paid to be bigots. And that's really the bottom line. And that's exactly it. Because when we're talking about a contract, we're talking about a contract for dollars, right? right. Catholic so- Social Services gets tens of millions of dollars to uh, act in this capacity. So yes, they've been providing this benefit for a long time. They've been in the business for decades, hundreds of years, you told me, right, Amani? Two, two centuries. And they are not doing so simply out of the goodness of their heart. They are doing so because the city of Philadelphia helps pay them to do so. Yep. You know, um, I thought it was very telling that Justice uh, Kagan asked straight up, what would a compromise in this case look like? Because um, if anybody's going to find a compromise, uh, it's going to fall to her. And like and where's the where's the compromise in telling people that they can't adopt kids because they're gay or because they're not the right kind of Christian? Yeah. And I do want to add another thing. You know, Neil was it it was either Neil Katyal or Fisher was it Joel Fisher or somebody Fisher, one of the other attorneys um, arguing on behalf of the city of Philadelphia. He pointed out it's it's not a balancing between between LGBTQ rights and religious rights, it's really going to end up being a fight among religions because if every yeah. religion can have its own its own policies and its own co- code of conduct and if they can exempt people who fall outside of whatever their they say their sincerely held religious beliefs are, then what are we supposed to do? Every religion is going to get exemptions, but it, it's an unworkable system. And that's mm-hmm. why we have this general rule that Every got everybody has to follow neutral, generally applicable laws. That's just that's a Scalia rule, right? In this case, Employment Division versus Smith that they kept talking about today, Scalia wrote that he said, "Yeah, follow generally applicable neutral laws, people." And now they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that anymore because it 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 ends up not benefiting people who want to be bigots on the basis of religion. Well, so the good news is, is we get to do this all over again next week with the Affordable Care Act oh, oral argument. <laughs> kill me. Well, hopefully we won't be hung over at least that point. There's no election anymore. Although with our luck, oh. there'll be some big news next Wednesday and then it'll just be a... Uh, Put all those words back in your I, mouth I'm sorry. immediately. Boop, 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 boop. All right, they're gone. Took it back. Oh, so the... Likelihood that we're going to hear from the court on this case anytime soon is basically none. Um, I think we're probably going to get a decision in this one um, towards the later part of the court's term, May, June. What do you think? Yeah, this is going to be one of those late June ones, I bet. Great. Super. Yep. Yep. 
I love it. Wonderful. It's not okay, good. so I'm gonna go get a beer. Yeah, um, I think I need a hair of the dog situation. But I do want to say to our listeners, if you're all stressed out about last night, hang in there. Yeah, we're all in this together. Hydrate. 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 Take any meds that you need to take. Take your friend's meds, your mom's. Take all the meds you can find. Don't do those things. Just take your own meds yeah. and hydrate. Just take your own meds, please. <laughs> Don't listen to me. I, have, I give terrible advice. But what you should listen to me on, because I give amazing advice, is <laughs> that you should follow me on Twitter at Angry Black Lady. You should follow Jess on Twitter at Hegemommy, H-E-G-E-M-O-M-M-Y. You should follow Rewire News Group on Twitter and Instagram. And join our Facebook group. It's popping. We got like one point however many thousand members and everyone's just in there and supporting one another and it's it's lovely so you should it's join a nice place answer the question probably the nicest place on facebook if probably, that's probably true it really is everyone's quite nice um and you should donate you should give us money because a we need it and b we really need it so you should go to rewirenewsgroup.com slash boom give that's rewirenewsgroup.com slash b-o-o-m-g-i-v-e donating helps keep us in your ear holes and in your hearts really and that's what you want you want us in your ear hole i'll be in your heart jess will be in your ear hole it's perfect Or, or i'll take the ear holes it doesn't matter i'm flexible it's fine. Okay. We got to stop this. What are we going to do, Jess? <laughs> we are going to count all the votes and we are going to see you on the tubes. Count all the votes. See you on the tubes. Boom Lawyered is created and hosted by Jessica Mason Piclo and Imani Gandhi. Mark Filetti produces the show. 